0: The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot
1: This episode of the Podcast of Terror is brought to you by our friend and frequent guest, Matt Vincent. Head on over to TheHate.com. That's T-H-E-H-V-I-I-I dot com. And use the code H-B-G-15 for 15% off your order. Episode 67 of the Podcast of Terror a production of the Galactic Network. This is a podcast for all things scary. I'm your host, Matt Stein. With me as always is Corey. I prefer to go shirtless, Scott. Corey, how are you?
0: I mean, it's not so much a preference, it it's that I'm just so hairy that I figure oh. it looks like I'm wearing a really nice jacket. Did you get a haircut? No. Okay, good.
1: It just it looks shorter, but not in a ponytail. It's just pulled back.
0: I wiped man money the other day. That was uh that you. was not a good time. I still respect you. <laughs> Uh, for more in this i'm not po-
2: sure that's a good look for you oh. i saw that
0: oh yeah <laughs> no. it's a good look for anybody could
1: be worse for more in this podcast including show notes content information subscription links go to gncast.com slash pot you can chat with us on our slack channel during our shows at gncast.com slash sign up and while you're there you can subscribe to our newsletter we're gonna spoil things this week. we're spoiling 2006's korean film the host i swear a lot and you may or may not have heard a foreign voice in there that's our guest. We usually have guest this week. We're graced at the presence of one of the hosts of the Geek Cinema Society and our dear friend Nicole Davis. Nicole, how are you?
2: Um I have been better. <laughs>
1: we're <laughs> I'm well, fighting
2: a really bad cold, as I'm <laughs> sure you can hear.
1: Yeah, Corey's the only one of us that isn't sick. I'm a hell of a lot better than I was last week. Uh, Nicole has taken my spot as sicky. Sicky on board.
2: Yep, designated sick person.
0: <laughs> designated I mean, sick. I'm in my mid forties, so I've got a general ma- malady just like of life.
2: Just a general malaise, sort yeah. of thing.
1: Wow, that was a new word. I might have to Google that one. Um, awesome. I kind of lost my train of thought. If if Nicole, what what do you? What is what is the Geek Cinema Society? You should probably explain it to someone who may or may not have ever listened to it.
2: Okay, well, the Geek Cinema Society was born from a uh, conversation that the creator had with someone where he confessed to never having seen Blade Runner, and they asked him, you know, what kind of geek are you? that you've never seen this. And he was inspired to devise a list of movies that all geeks uh, should have seen but might not have. And we go through that list one at a time each week. And the um, concept, the the twist is that our guest has not seen the movie until the week of the podcast.
0: Now, when you say it was a conversation that the creator had, do you mean our Lord and Savior, Tyler? Uh, or...
2: The no uh sean ones? burns um he's the head of uh one of the heads of blazing caribou studios
1: yes. so you hear i thought you were gonna say brett well, Brett's been, could be yes. a savior.
0: and as a matter of fact we've been on that show uh each individually mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh people if you haven't heard of in a society it, it it crushes me because i was there i did return to oz <laughs> Yeah. It's a good time.
1: I did Fahrenheit 451. Probably a poor decision on my part. Uh
2: yeah. That
1: poor, movie. That poor movie Matt. Was,
2: yeah, I pretty but not the most exciting movie ever. Yeah,
1: and I I definitely think on like a, a ninth grade I level. I Matt. <laughs> no, he's, he's pretty but he's dumb. <laughs> which is the opposite of Fahrenheit Night 451 maybe. It's not yeah, one pretty, of the things that- smart
0: One of the things, uh, dear audience, that you will pick up from this episode, if you haven't heard uh, Nicole on her own show or on the previous episode she was on here, where she brought us the movie Triangle, uh, is that Nicole comes prepared. Uh, She thinks hard about the films that she's reviewing, and uh, she is nothing like us. So um, it'll be it, it. I can't expect that Matt would have walked into that episode with Fahrenheit 451 and had any kind of clue as to what he needed to bring uh, to match wits Dick. with the, the hosts.
2: I don't know how much wit matching there was with that one. We were all kind of just, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a movie. All right.
1: They burnt, they burnt some books.
2: <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it was, it was a lot like the book. Yep. Yep, that's how it was.
1: Which I never and read the book either. The conversation
2: either. kind of limped along from there. <laughs> so, but we tried. We tried to make it interesting as best we could.
1: Yeah. It was fine fun nonetheless. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> but, um, yeah. So thanks for coming, Nicole. Yeah. Oh,
2: I'm very happy to be back. Um, yeah. Hopefully we won't have the same sort of technical issues that we had last run.
1: I, no, we won't because I have spent a bunch of money and fixed that. Ah, okay. Yeah. And then thanks to your co-host and our friend, Brett... We're, we're pretty much in the 21st century here now. All right. Uh, we, don't have, we don't have solid gold microphones like Wii Studios, but I at least have a working mixer. Definitely. Working mixers are good. <laughs> yeah. Um, never go to Guitar Center and try and buy a mixer and explain to the guy how to do a podcast, because he'll just stare at you like an idiot, <laughs> which is no different than any other time you go to a Guitar Center and ask him for help. They just Unless you're buying drums, then they're nowhere to be found. A little salty. Like I just tell bed.
2: people it's like a radio show, but for the computer.
1: That's a really good way to explain it. Um, Let's get into news, I guess. We have a bunch of news, as we do every week. Um, Corey always gets sad before we start recording because I always blame shitty news stories on him. I read them this week, and I'm still blaming the shitty news story on him because I don't give a shit about Anne Rice or the Vampire Chronicles. But Anne Rice wants to turn the Vampire Chronicles, uh, the books, into a TV show. Yep. Yep, she does.
0: Uh, Yeah, I have... Plenty of things that I'd like to turn into TV shows, too. Uh, The difference between me and Anne Rice is Anne Rice can probably make this happen. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. surprised at the amount of TV shows that are still hanging around that were based on lesser-known vampire stuff. And Anne Rice, unfortunately, went out of the gate with a big sort of blockbuster based off of one of her novels, but it never followed up for the rest of the series. Uh, So she got kind of hosed by the time they got around to... Queen of the Damned. Uh, they Which never did a vampire stop film. Yeah, it was it was not good. I mean, one of those things where, of course, you lose the lead actor from it to uh, tragic death during the filming and stuff. That's never a good time. But it it didn't yeah. didn't cause the huge inflation of numbers like The Dark Knight. Uh, didn't quite even think hit their crow status either. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, it was a shit pile mm-hmm. and uh, deserved to not be recognized. But she's got the rights back so she's hoping to turn it into a tv series as opposed to another series of films where they're going to do things like take a small child who's a vampire and turn him into antonio banderas and shit like that so i guess good for her i i I just don't know if it's if we're still anne rice like interested oh i mean
2: she still has her her faithful followers i think that they're not as numerous as they were back in the 80s say um when interview with the vampire was at its its height of popularity as book
1: are we are we maybe burnt out on vampires right now cuz i feel like twilight uh, was like the pinnacle of vampire dom and then you had, you had do, uh, true blood and all that other shit all in a i don't vampire know if call it the trublin- pinnacle
0: the the vampire diaries was, the pinnacle is in about to finish Huh? The Vampire Diaries on CW is in its last season I believe and it uh, has its spin-off series which I think is going to go soon.
1: Let me rephrase that. The pinnacle in terms of people who don't give a shit about vampires as it is shoved down my throat. <laughs> Cuz like I which, yeah, I don't give a shit about vampires. Which is why vampires. I think
0: the vampire stuff has a lot of fandom actually is for all the shoving down of the throat. Um <laughs> mm. Do. Matt, I you have to agree. remind me because you're much younger than me. What year were you born? 1985. 1985. So one of the things about the the interview with the vampire movie was that it was the breakout role for Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, born in 1982. So this hurts me even worse <laughs> now that I have an association with you because it's like weird. It's like Kirsten Dunst always still like a little kid in my mind. Uh, even though I've watched her on things like the last season of uh, Fargo, which was amazing. She was just mm-hmm. terrific in that, as was everybody. Um, and and then there's you. <laughs> and there's you just kind of like really reckoning for me. Um, fuck I I don't know. It's just I, I feel old. I feel really old. And in the early 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s, when these books started getting really popular, when the first film came out, it, it seemed like this was like a sure thing. And it's it's always kind of tough when you've seen that Hollywood has pushed past a genre um, without really doing justice to the original one. It's like when they did John Carter of Mars as a movie from Disney. It wasn't that John Carter was a bad movie at all. It was yeah. really pretty good. But the problem was is that everything in it we had seen in other things that had come after John Carter of Mars, it's just that they got made into films first. And so by the time we get back to what was the originator of a lot of these tropes, we're just seeing it as a trope as opposed oh. to being original and fresh.
2: And they mismarketed it.
0: Oh, yeah, they you know. did.
2: Number one with the title, just calling it John Carter makes it sound really goddamn boring. It, you say John was, Carter of Mars, you're like, hey, okay, take in some it takes me to Mars. No one, in the in the face, face John
0: Carter, you know, and just that's right. Um, except in 70s like presidential era. Yeah, I, I it was also a but, Disney movie. I feel like. Well, yeah, yeah. Because I remember seeing the
1: name, I had to look it up. But I think that's what turned me off is the fact that it's just John Carter in a Disney movie. That doesn't mean anything <laughs> to me. I don't know anything about it. It. Well. <laughs>
2: Wasn't yeah. you know, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a grand slam, certainly, but it was it wasn't bad. It just tanked completely.
0: Yeah, they had so. recent success with doing a bros story with Tarzan. That it was an animated film was original action. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah. So anyways I- just saying I have the the rights back and now I want to make a TV series doesn't necessarily make a TV series happen. That's and true. I would assume that it's not something that we're going to see on regular TV. It's something she's going to push to be on an HBO or something like that. But HBO already done this.
2: Right. They you know? did True Blood for seven the, years.
0: Right. And the other stations that want to rip off that idea probably have already moved past it, too. So it's, it's really a question is what good does it bring us? I'd rather see... Or do the claiming of beauty books because those are just really icky and it seems much more <laughs> in in time with the Fifty Shades stuff. Like show well, how fucked icky up depending, sex depending
2: stuff. on what you're into. You yeah, know, some people know. are into that sort of thing.
0: But so yeah. the you claiming if, a lot of icky
2: stuff. if you if you weren't aware, Matt, they're like very big. They're like S books, basically.
0: <laughs> but not but not. I just love S&M, pornography like so. There there are people that are like hanging on the wall on phallic things. Like, they're just up there suspended and stuff. You liked it because it's kind of like Strangeland was trying to be.
1: Hey, guys, I'm gonna go watch Fifty Shades of Grey. I'll, I'll talk to you later.
0: No, no, not Fifty Shades. That's bullshit. Oh,
1: yeah, oh, oh. terrible. I thought you were talking about yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. So what are you talking about for science? For we're talking science.
0: about the claiming of beauty books from Anne Rice. Oh. Did they make movies? Not, not that yet. I'm aware of. Oh. Make some really cool hentai shit. And, and Anne R- Rice make mean, oh. like, some
2: Skinamax adaptations oh. of them or something.
0: The closest we ever got was they did an adaptation of uh, Exit to Eden. Which oh god, was, that was awful. <laughs> <yeah>. um, <laughs> which was Dana Delaney and 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 some Bonagy like mostly like spanking in that. But then Light comic spanking, relief. Of, of, yeah. But okay. comic relief of Dan Aykroyd and Rosie O'Donnell oh. and Rosie O'Donnell walking around in corsetwear. Corset yeah. Oh.
2: Obscura, yeah.
0: Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and and there, she she did this... I don't know, did I didn't think she activity. looked too
2: bad, but no, it just, she, it's just not her.
0: You no, know? but she, she did a comedy bit about it later on where she talks about the fact that she lost a lot of weight to play the part, and oh. then months later they had her come back to do reshoots, and she had put the weight back on, and so there are scenes where she walks in the door at like 140 pounds and then balloons out to her normal weight and then goes back through the door to the, to the lighter weight again. And yeah i thought that she looked really good in it for the most part as well and it's that's not really what it's about but it's like here's this story about bondage and then we're going to have our comic relief dan Aykroyd, rosie o'donnell stuff in the middle of it Uh, there is
2: no comic relief in the (laughs) novel just so you know (laughs)
0: right
1: i looked up the picture you're right she doesn't look half bad no six out of ten would would fap to it (laughs) i
0: was curious six out of ten is just like how hard you can get
1: no say (laughs)
2: inflation level Yeah, it's, it's
1: definitely like a top, it's not a top five boner
0: <laughs> lower
1: lower echelon it's still three quarters soft i'm just just ringing it out at this point so ann rice is making uh she wants to make a tv show um let's go on to the next story that was a lot of good dick talk uh this and i know we talked about this prior to recording so this will be a quick one um neither of you have seen this movie so this means nothing to you but i'm excited kind of no Nope. <laughs> the movie strangers uh the sequel is kind of still in limbo i'm kind of excited because there's actually still going to be a sequel but i'm sad because it's still in limbo i really like the first one it was just a home invasion movie about people in creepy masks i'm certain you've seen pictures um really all it was started talking about it years ago still just talk Probably i mean but that's that the thing is, that
0: it, it's the same sort of the, the strangers came out and then they started doing a lot more movies that looked and felt like the strangers so by the time they get back to, oh, we should we should do our sequel now. It's like, well, we've kind of determined that people are tired of this trope at this point. You know, yes. they've had all the, like the invasion ones like the what? Like vampires. Well, yes, exactly. It's, it's th- some something comes out and it gets popular and then like everybody goes hardcore at it for a while. Mm-hmm. So like right now we're, we're still in a zombie uh, renaissance, but I think that's starting to burn out, too. Like the the numbers for The Walking Dead seem to be uh, tanking this season after the premiere. They've just gone down every week since. Um, and a lot of the other zombie stuff that's been happening is just I think it's starting to peter out. And they're going to try to discover what the next thing's going to be. And I, I have a feeling this is the same problem: is that we've we've hit full uh, peak of strangers with masks invading your home. We did that review of that movie. what uh, was it Hush? Yep. That was really good and and quite a different theme from what this is, but it still kind of looks. It's still the if you same just thing. look at the cover, it looks the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the the ones where the people are running around committing anarchy on the one night they do the purge, uh, those purge movies seem like it. There was a, uh, there's been a couple of them that I just can think of off the top of my head where it like keeps coming out. I'm like, oh, this must be the sequel to Strangers. Oh, not yet. All right. <laughs>
1: uh, sorry, there's a comment about my my. Beat level. I have to check. Fap level is based on hardness, or we'll do X times out of. Oh no!
0: Thinking about math is what I do to try to stay hard. Once I've already achieved full job. Yes. So yes.
1: That or what I plan on making for dinner the next day.
0: Total lie. I don't remember the last time I achieved full job. So wow. yeah, that, strangers too. It 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 may happen. It may not happen. It, it's a question of whether it needs to happen at this point, uh, or if they just put that effort into trying for the next thing. That's true. But, but yeah. then they bring back things like the Blair Witch and Saw and stuff, and it's like, well, we we said we were done with this, but now we think maybe you people are suckers again.
2: Look well, you about.
1: I feel like they partially do that to try and hit the new audience. You know, like that's why they remade Nightmare on Elm Street, that's why they remade Friday the Thirteenth. I don't know. These are all things that don't need to happen, but they keep happening.
0: That's absolutely true. My wife is part of a group that is all about uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s nostalgia. Oh. And there's a bunch of 14-year-olds in it. I'm like, these are what? people who are nostalgic for decades that they didn't even exist in. I don't... How do you... What? <laughs>
1: yeah, that doesn't make any sense. You should ever ask them why they're...
0: Well, I mean, when I was a kid, I was into the Beatles. And I was in the Monkees. And those, but- uh, believe it or not, were before my time. So. By how many years? How far removed? Uh, I was born in 71.
1: Okay, and then the Beatles stopping. I could Google all uh, this, but I'm lazy.
0: I- I'm pretty sure it was before I was born that they had split up. But certainly the music continues on. And with these days, the movies and stuff are very easy to find. It's like if I decide to get an 80s kick and I want to, but, want to watch a bunch of uh, John Hughes movies, I can very easily do that. It's not like when I was a kid and it was just whatever was on TV at the time. Now it's easy to chase that stuff down and have a nostalgia and say, oh, I want to watch these movies or I want to listen to this kind of music. Uh, or, you know, in some cases I want to get nostalgic and buy the candy or Buy the stuff off of amazon and get ecto cooler and shit like that it, it's i think nostalgia is easier to immerse yourself in now than mm-hmm. it was when i was growing up uh, maybe not when you were growing up because that was two weeks ago but fuck
1: you i was i was a <laughs> i was a young one before the internet was wildly popular keep that in mind
0: wildly popular but existed um am trying to think i got the
1: internet for christmas yes i said that for christmas um probably 92
0: 91 92 yeah
1: i had to um but even then even then i still like went to the store to purchase music and i still had to like go out and do things oh yeah like i I downloading was wasn't a thing till i was
0: a teenager I had to go and and get my own 300 baud modem that my mom didn't know about and only run it at times when I knew that she was either not at home or asleep, so I could get onto BBSs on my Commodore 64. So fucking difference, nerd. yeah, I know, fucking
1: nerd. We uh we my parents got us a second phone line so that, that didn't tie up a phone when we would use it. And if I was pissed off at my brother, I would just pick up the phone and hang it up and shit to knock him off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah,
0: internet been dicks since the beginning. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I also remember uh, he had he had broadband coming into our house because my mom used to work out of our house for my dad, <clears throat> and he did not know like he thought that if I tapped into that for my personal computer that I would be I would be stealing from Charter, and then mm-hmm. I called Charter and I'm like, yeah, I want internet. And like, well, you already have it. I'm like, I know, but and they're like, just get a fucking Wi-Fi modem or a Wi-Fi <laughs> router and just and I'm like, okay, you told me. And then he finally believed me. But he has a stubborn old man.
0: The, the original routing, all the, the capabilities of that and stuff was was a really interesting time because it was one thing, we were just discovering what it was like to have high-speed internet and have something that wasn't always on connection, wasn't disrupted by your phone. And yeah. then to say, oh, by the way, uh, you don't have to just suck it up and have it at the one computer. And when you could get it wireless and you could take stuff in the living room, and then it was just like, oh, now we realize that we can ignore television for this internet (laughs) shit why the fuck do we need you cable company
1: yeah but the problem and we should probably save this for our our wi-fi connectivity podcast but like people don't understand what wireless means not like they're so used to wireless and wi-fi that they don't understand it
0: podcast of air coming to you in 2017
1: uh so yeah strangers sequel not happening moving on yeah keep this shit show moving um there's now Corey, you're hip nicole are you a yeah. hipster are you hip
2: uh do you
1: collect vinyl no oh, okay well you're not hip No. Nope. i guess i'm the only vinyl i <laughs> the only vinyl i
2: hang out in cambridge sometimes but i don't live there so
0: i don't know what that I, means um, but I'll agree i have some vinyl but it's from back when you could just buy vinyl because it was what you bought music on <laughs> right wow I have a Steppenwolf vinyl. Yeah, it's like I,
2: could, I could go get my old Journey Frontiers album I get, that I got for my eighth birthday. Nice. That's on vinyl. <laughs> Xanadu soundtrack. We had the sticks. Paradise.
0: I, Shit you album. not, I own Xanadu on every single way that it's been put out twice. So I've had it on cassette. I've had it on vinyl. I've had it on an 8-track, and I wore out the 8-track and bought it again. <laughs> I, I've had it on CD. I've had it on VHS. I taped it off the TV on Betamax. And then, of course, on DVD, and I'm just waiting for the Blu-ray to show up. Man, I am Xanadu like you would not believe. And some of the vinyl that I've got set behind me is living in John's country stuff. There what, you go. What That's the, what I'm saying. What That's the fuck is Xanadu? <laughs> oh, uh, no. it's, it's a horror movie where people with masks invade a discotheque. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of do about it. Um, it's
2: about this dude with a job that doesn't exist anymore. And he actually meets this figure from Greek mythology happens to appear to him on roller skates and speak with an Australian accent for no reason whatsoever. And she inspires him to open a disc, roller disco.
1: So we should do for, (laughs) since anyone who listens to this won't remember for, we should do an April Fool's episode and just do Zan.
0: I've been thinking about that (laughs) since we started the show. I've been wanting to do Zan and it was April Fool's, but it's like, I, I, you would not be into it. No, we're you gonna watch it. Time. We're gonna watch it. I, I guess if we're gonna do Twilight, that this is probably oh god. Only <laughs>
2: why well, would you do that to that. yourselves?
1: It's gonna be like a joke.
2: Okay, it's...
0: but it's gonna be an eight-hour watch of. Oh,
2: you're gonna watch all of them?
0: All of them, I think so.
2: Oh my god! Oh, you wait until the wolves start talking. You're gonna lose your shit completely.
0: <laughs> I, think I've seen, I lost I've watched, like, it
2: in the theater, and I got the nastiest looks from those teenage
0: girls. Well, well, you could just. Throw up a gang side and say team Edward. Wow. <laughs> um, so, speaking oh,
1: of vinyl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, vinyl. Yeah, vinyl. Uh, I forgot where we had left off. Okay, so oh, yes. Waxwork Records is going to be doing a subscription plan in 2017. They're going to be uh, releasing Dark Man, Evil Dead 2, Don't Look Now, Creepshow 2, and The Baba Duke on vinyl. Um, it appears that if you live in the States, uh, the subscription, subscription will be $205, 250 for Canada, and 300 for international. Hey I'm not much for soundtracks, so this is dumb to me. I have friends who really like like soundtracks on vinyl. Um, but I like uh, when I first started buying vinyl, I bought a metric fuck ton and just like really <laughs> spent far more money than I should. and uh, I was just kind of like cool, now they just sit there. Um, so I actually started selling some and making right. more money than I paid for them, which is really cool. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's what this doesn't make sense to me. But I, I know multiple people with like over 500 vinyl. It's like I'm fine having. But
0: it's <laughs> also, also important to note that these are special edition. Uh, yeah. You receive five deluxe soundtrack releases on exclusive 180 gram colored vinyl. Uh, it also comes with exclusive merchandise, posters, enamel pins, apparel, which is and incentives unavailable to the general awesome. public.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is it's, it's it's cool. Like if I buy vinyl, I prefer to get like colored ones because black is dumb in this day and age. This there's no reason to have a black in this day and age. If Metallica finally started pressing on color, everyone and their mother should press on. Color. There's actually the uh, original Friday the 13th soundtrack is a
0: blood-filled vinyl,
1: Which if I find that, I would keep. But it is sells it, for like is it over four hundred dollars.
0: Rock band Kiss, because oh no, they just threw that in the comic.
2: No, book. that was the comic book. Yeah. yeah.
1: Which my dad has. Really? He's yeah. got
2: The Kiss Blood comic book.
1: He does. He has. Oh, cool. He has a Kiss pinball machine, and he has the Kiss Heads comic book. He the first concert I ever went to was Kiss, and he got a bootleg VHS tape of it too. Wow. Yeah.
0: I mean, I have a tube of Smash Mouth semen.
2: <laughs> Sorry, what?
1: Guy, Guy Fieri's mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, what? No, nothing. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what it is that landed them on, on these particular movies for the soundtracks. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen Darkman, especially. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen Don't Look Now, which I guess Donald Sutherland is in. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen the Babadook you keep talking about doing. Babadook that so, is really
2: good. That was awesome. The,
0: that's the question is, how oh, the soundtrack? You could,
2: you could put it on and put, like, speakers outside for Halloween night for, like, people to come to your door and kick in. It's like Woo. or it's any given Sunday to
0: keep people from coming to my door. <laughs> Dropping chick tracks off at my place. Uh yeah, so it's I I think that, that that's the important thing is that are these soundtracks that are interesting enough to invest that kind of money in well you think uh, about it. From-
1: um shipping is included. Get on my trusty calculator. Oh it's like forty dollars a vinyl. For just the vinyl $40. alone.
0: If you're if you're only talking the vinyl and not including the other merchandise that's supposed to come with it.
1: Yeah, so you figure if each soundtrack is a two-by, $30 shipping, so $41 for just the vinyl alone, that's actually not bad, especially for something that's likely only available through this
0: subscription. Oh, and they'll also give you 10% off anything from Waxwork Records during 2017, so that could be a that could be a good add-up.
1: I think Waxwork's actually the one that did Friday the 13th. That would make
0: sense. No Smash Mouth.
1: No Smash <laughs> I thought I had to burp. Didn't have to burp. Let's move on. Uh, last news story we have. Um, unless you've been living under a rock, you're f- you're familiar with the fact that 2016 has essentially murdered everyone. Yeah.
2: It's taken yeah. out a lot of the good ones.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, I keep thinking the Keith Richards per watch is fucking back because yeah. 2016 is going to kill him just to prove if, that it again.
1: If he lives through 2016, he may never die. Just saying. Yeah.
2: I- I'm, it's my theory that the, all the, the all the particular drugs that he took, he had exactly the right combination <laughs> to make it like a permanent preservative. So really nothing will kill him.
0: Also, he's got that Mick Jagger VD screen in front of him that's just sitting there and things are pouncing off of. <laughs> I just
1: assume it's like the episode of The Simpsons. Mr. Burns has what they call Three Stooges. Where all of the disease are trying to get in at once, and they're just all stuck in the. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, so the news story that we have that we're eventually going to get to is uh, Florence Henderson recently passed away. She actually did a last movie, uh, and her last movie is a horror comedy called Grandmother's Murder Club. I think this sounds. Yes.
0: Yeah, and it was a Kickstarter campaign in 2015 to get it made. So uh, we know that uh, we've we've discussed different Kickstarter things before. I love. And Kickstarter. this has got. Yeah, I mean, and. It's one of those things that it's nice to see these kind of passion projects that get funded. Also has Ooh. Pam Greer in it. Uh, so it, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's really funny. So it's about uh, four grandmothers who accidentally kill a con man. And when the con man's partner shows up, things start to go south quickly. I imagine that this would be great. I mean, Florence Henderson has always been very ballsy in in some of the things she does. We, we give a lot of credit to Betty White for being... <laughs> You know, just like loud and you know, just doesn't give a fuck and everything. But Florin Henderson has been doing that for years as well. Uh, she was in Shakes the Clown with Bobcat Goldthwait. She was the woman that Shakes has sex with at the beginning of the film. She, boy. yeah, she's awesome. She's always been awesome. She made jokes about doing sexual favors with Wesson Oil. Uh, <laughs> Like she's she's it, Matt Vincent said this, uh, I think, in the first time he was on our podcast where he said, you know, he's in on the joke. He, I don't remember who he was talking about exactly, but he understands that it, it's better to know that that sometimes things that can be found funny about you are the things that you should embrace and and you just run with it. And Florence has always seemed really cool. And I think this part seems like it was something that was a really smart move for her to to go and do, because why wouldn't you? It just sounds like a fun film. So it's nice that you know, even though she's she passed away this week, that we'll still have this one thing to look forward to seeing her in. Oh,
2: I'm definitely going to keep my eye out for it. It's it looks funny.
0: I assume
1: that her passing will give this, which yeah, is both a good and a bad thing. It's not <laughs> it literally says in the news story,
0: Queen of "The Damned." What was that? <laughs> I said, hopefully, it's not going to turn into Queen of the Damned.
1: Um, it actually says in the news story, obviously, Henderson's passing will surely bring additional attention to the film. Yeah, so probably. Maybe it's the publicity stuff, which is
0: not to say it's worth it. Oh, not at all. 2016. No. Fucker. Yeah, right. Just all right.
1: We've had enough. Although we're we're nearing the end. I got about four four weeks, just a little over four weeks here. Everybody, cross your tight, tighten your butts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Grandmother's Murder <laughs> Club doesn't say anything about a release, so i out, probably doing it because it sounds fucking. Hilarious. Let's uh, move into our review. The movie the host completely forgot to put the cast in here. Um, <laughs>
2: I can do that for you if you want.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, that's because so, I
2: can actually pronounce the Korean if you want. Oh,
1: yeah, cool. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm. I. I yeah, so uh, we, we can't even pronounce
0: the people who send us fan mail. That's true.
1: One time. One time. They got, <laughs> if you send us fan mail and you have a fucked up last name, please just tell me how to say it. Just <laughs> even if it's not courtesy. fucked
0: up, but we're just too stupid to got get a clue Chris. or try ahead of time. Well, we had we had uh,
1: Christina Mueller on last week. I called her Miller because yeah. I'm an idiot and uh, whatever grasping at straws here. Um, <clears throat> so this movie, The Host, Korean, yeah. It it was strange. It was long and strange. I'll get to that. I'll say that now. But it starts out with um, a doctor and yep. Korean apprentice, I kind of assumed. Subordinate. Okay, so okay, so it wasn't just learning. It was a subordinate. Then he, he basically says, dump all this formaldehyde down the drain. And the guy's like, no, we can't do that. And the doctor's just like, no, just do it. I told you to do it, do it. And then all shit breaks loose from there. Which is
0: based on something that actually happened.
1: Yes.
2: It was based on a real Hmm. event. A civilian mortician working at a U.S. Army base in Seoul uh, ordered a subordinate to dump 20 gallons of formaldehyde um, down the drain. And eventually that would feed into the Han River. And the Han River runs right through the middle of Seoul and is the primary source of drinking water for about 12 million people.
1: But did so it, there was, yeah, did it, was a bit
2: of an outcry about it.
1: Did it create a mutant fish whose face looked like a vagina?
2: Not to my knowledge.
0: Uh, but uh, there was some mutations of fish, I think, that were reported. I think that was maybe part of it. Dem- yeah. Just drop off.
1: No, I'm here. Okay. I just had to turn my camera off real quick. Um, yeah, so essentially, they kind of... Uh, and the guy kills himself right away. Not the guy. A guy kills himself right away. And you kind of... Uh, he basically says, like, something, something fucked up is in this water. And then the, there's dark things in the water, and um, then old vagina face fish pops out and starts killing everybody.
2: <laughs> a few years later, yes.
0: Uh, <laughs> to me, it was instant.
2: <laughs> so.
0: Any anytime Matt sees a vagina, it's an instant. Uh, <laughs> I can't yeah, and forty-five all, seconds. We should mention that the the guy who played the the doctor in the morgue was Scott Wilson, who is from The Walking Dead, who is like the super nice guy that you you felt bad in losing his leg and everything else, and then finally getting off by the governor, Uh, but he was he was Herschel on The Walking Dead, so as he's pouring the stuff down the drain, I'm like, but but that could be what makes it happen, Herschel! What the <laughs> fuck are you doing, man? And his his whole motivation for it was, like, I don't like dust, and there's dust in these formaldehyde bottles, so pour them down the drain. Yeah, well, those, that goes right Beatles to the fresh water. Yeah, I said, pour them down the drain, fucker. Do what yeah. I say. I'm white. That's That's why I'm telling you, and it was
2: supposedly that detail is true fresh water that was one of the reasons is because it it, the boxes that the formaldehyde was in was dusty so the mortician thought it was bad and that it needed to be poured out down the drain
0: Does has no fucking idea how a bottle works
1: (laughs) (laughs) well and you can see the guy um like wipe the dust off the bottle Yeah. yeah which was weird to me but
0: he's like but look it just comes right off uh i don't care you know, Dip. I'm not going to live here. That's yeah, true. <laughs> you um, people have to deal with
1: it. So was was this movie meant to be kind of funny?
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. I mean, this is really common in East and South Asian cinema in particular. They're way more comfortable with a mix of tones in mm-hmm. their movies. You know, you can have drama and action and screwball comedy all in one movie and nobody blinks an eye.
0: I mean, some of the comedy comes in the points where you don't think it would be funny. Like, they're sitting there and they're at the vigil for all the people who were killed by the monster mm-hmm. at the beginning at the at the beach. And that's where they're inserting, like, the whole family is just, like, overacting and just being really terribly farcical. And it's in, like, the one of the worst places of the movie that you would think that that would happen for, from what we think of American cinema uh, right. versus this.
2: So... Yeah, that's just, it's a, it's, you know, it's part, it's a, it's what you're used to. So culturally, you know, that's much more common there. So it can be, it can, I, you know, some Westerners find it weird.
1: I didn't, fi- I didn't, I didn't think it was weird. I mean, obviously I've seen <clears throat> almost everything there is to see till the podcast, but <laughs> I just wasn't sure if it was meant to be funny or if I'm just a terrible human.
2: No, it's, it's intentional. Bong okay. Joon Ho has quite a sense of humor. So that's but, the director. Oh.
1: Okay. Both of those things. Yeah, <laughs> I am a terrible. Uh,
0: no, it, it. I think it. It. It does. Like the tone goes from being what you think is going to be a serious thing to kind of a silly thing all of a sudden when when you're talking about the the family and stuff, and then it gets serious again, then it gets silly again. So it it took me a minute to understand what the tone of film was supposed to be from there on out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it 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 feels okay when you're watching it, like when you when you understand okay. This is the kind of movie that I'm watching. Then it doesn't feel unnatural so much as like this is just how this movie is. But there I could see that the being the case of like you were not expecting this at all and just being, well, this is stupid. You know, why are they making jokes about these things in the middle of this otherwise a monster movie? But we have silly monster movies here. We have the Gremlins films. Mm-hmm. We talk. About. Um, so it's not too far away from that. It's just it. it helps to know going in
1: yeah um right. the, so uh, the the remainder of the movie is kind of centered around this one family there's the and nicole you will have to literally say all of these names there's okay. the young man whose name is
2: which young man the uncle or the father uh,
1: the the father the father yeah
2: the father is Gang du?
1: yes um who runs the snack and this is probably my favorite part is uh the guy's or i think it's a little girl right she's trying to buy Something from the snack bar, and he's just asleep. Oh, no,
2: it's the little boy. There, That's actually the two boys that you see later on in the movie. So it's the little one who's trying to steal the candy bar, and his his older brother keeps him from
1: doing it. See, Maybe I should start taking notes. Is it Seiju?
2: Yeah, Seiju is the little one, and I think it's Seijin and his older brother.
0: Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm lost. (laughs) Uh, It's called Foreshadowing. And yes. uh it exists in film, but you've seen so many of these things that you're an old ad and you understand it and you're jaded now. <laughs> uh so yeah, so Gangdu works at this little shop with his father and right. um his they daughter you never
2: call by his name. The character's right. name is uh he bong. Um right. but they you oh, know God. they all just call him dad. So Which
0: is weird because what? that's the actor's name too, yes. I think. Yes. Yes. yes, it is. Uh but he, he works at the shop, but he's he's not very Effective at anything, he he's kind of looked at as a a letdown, a joke. They uh, his daughter comes back from school and she's giving him crap about her cell phone and how embarrassing it is. And he's been saving up coins that he's basically been stealing uh, from the shop over time to get her a newer cell phone. Uh, but they go inside the shop while the the father is is working. The grandfather is working outside to watch her aunt. In an archery competition.
2: Yes. So the aunt is Namju, the Who archer. I recognize? She's, she's played a, by Bae Duna. Yeah, um, Bae
0: Duna from uh, Series 8 or Sense8. Sense8,
2: Peter Ascending, uh, Cloud Atlas, she's been in. So she's, she's, she's been in more and more um, movies in the West lately.
0: Yeah, I mean, Sense8, she is amazing in, but I loved that series overall anyway. So yeah.
2: No, I, was a, I was
0: excited to see her in this. Huh.
2: So yeah, so that's the aunt. Uh, the girl is Hyunso. Um, who, gets, or Hyunso. Who, yeah, she's, who gets
1: who gets abducted by Vagina Fish. Right. And then she doesn't die. So she, kind of where it, it picks up a little
0: bit. but
2: Right, she manages to make one call from mm-hmm. the sewer to let them know that she's still alive. And so the family decides to go get her.
0: Yeah, Because so, the government and the police don't care. And they think that they've, imagine the whole thing so they're trying to keep them locked up because they know that Gangdu is is probably infected by this virus from the fish so they're trying to keep him and the family in quarantine but the family wants to break out because no one will go check to see if they can find the daughter uh who is trapped somewhere in the sewers
1: and they also later mention that the virus is in his head
0: so they kind of well, they- go ahead what they actually say is that he overhears them as they're trying to lobotomize him. Uh, the American doctor says that there is no virus, essentially, it is that they one of the people at the beach who tries to help out is this military guy uh, who they just referred to as Donald. Mm-hmm. He and uh, Gangdu try to fight off the fish. He loses his arm. They take him and they do all these tests and stuff on him. They don't actually find a virus, but they keep perpetuating that there is a virus because they want to keep people away from the beach. They want to keep them away from the area where the the creature is. And so they're, they're saying that there's this virus and some of them actually believe that there's a virus, but then there's the few in the know that are just like, but we haven't really found anything, you know? So maybe there's a virus in this guy that we can get out of his brain uh, because we're just going to keep reaching until we find one is what essentially is it is. So this whole thing of the virus really is a a red herring for everybody else to to keep them going along when all these people could have been released. And then they could have gone and rescued their daughter without the interference of the police and everything else.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, the title, the host, comes from them saying that the they believe the creature to be the host of a virus. The Korean title of the movie is Gwomur which just means monster, so...
1: Huh. Um,
0: (laughs) All right, so the family busts out from where they're being held in quarantine, Mm -hmm. and they make their way to the sewers, but they don't have any clue as to where she is, and there's tons of sewers, and a lot of these were filmed on location uh, near the Han River, uh, the actual place, so they're going through all these places, and they don't know where to find her. In that moment, they... Basically, the the creature shows up, they go to try to kill the creature, and it winds up killing the grandfather. And part of the reason why it kills the grandfather is Gengdu gives him his gun, says he has one bullet left, and then realizes after the fact that he had no bullets left when the grandfather tries to shoot the creature and doesn't have a bullet to do it. And then the grandfather does the grand gesture of Kevin Costner in Man of Steel and is like, no, no, stay away, and just sacrifices yeah. himself. Um but a lot of this movie, it seems to do with the failings of the father and the aunt and uncle, uh, the uncle, Not uh,
2: yeah.
0: who we haven't really mentioned yet. He's a he went to university and dropped out. He used to be big on uh, political stuff and kind of just lost it and became a drunk. So mm-hmm. a lot of his failings that they deal with and try to get him to overcome as the film goes on relates to that. Uh Zhu's feelings relate to her. She's an archer, but she only got the bronze because she let it time out because she didn't take the shot in time because she hesitates too much. And they follow through with that a little bit later on the movie, too. So it's trying to get these three characters to overcome the things that are seen as their shortcomings, um, which only really happens if you're if you're paying attention to that part of it.
2: Yeah. It's
1: that foreshadowing you're talking about, huh?
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah. There's a lot
2: of foreshadowing and callbacks and <clears throat> linking things together. So.
1: I'm trying to th- okay, so it pretty much brings us to the end of the movie, right?
0: Well, uh, they, they get split up for a while. the The father gets recaptured. That's when they try to lobotomize him, and he has to fight his way out of it. Um, and Han uh, she finds one of the, the from the beginning. Seo, yeah. uh, Seju, and. God, where are we even saying the names? <laughs> you started uh, it. You
2: can do it. Just
0: I'm, I'm uh, She finds him in the, the pit where the monster is dropping the bodies. Now, it, it captures them in his mouth, but it doesn't necessarily kill them. Some of them, like she survives it and one of the two boys survives it. So they mm-hmm. are in this deeper portion of the pit that the monster can't get into. So she's trying to keep him safe and get them out of there. And as she makes her attempt at an escape... Uh, the monster, it turns out is sort of playing possum and grabs her as it's acting like it's sleeping It grabs her and pulls her back down. And then it winds up capturing her and the boy, uh, at the same time, the aunt has gone down there to try to fight the monster. Uh, she got a text from the uncle and as she goes to try to shoot the monster with an arrow, she hesitates again and the monster runs her off and she gets knocked down another pit somewhere. And it tries to grab her, but it can't, but she's down there for a while. Uh right. and the uncle himself like had gone through trying to track the cell phone and had a bunch of people like his friend tried to turn him in for a reward and he made his way out of there, but had gotten hurt and was lying somewhere um before he woke up and then well, all yeah, he
2: jumped off an overpass. So
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's gonna hurt. I mean, I've done it. <laughs> Younger days. Yeah. Uh so, yeah, it, it it all converges into the end of like they've all now determined that they can figure out where she is and they're all going there to find her.
2: Right. They um, all converge. And it happens to be the site where the government is about to release their agent yellow, which is supposed to be the uh, a fumigation agent to get rid of the virus that doesn't really exist.
0: And yeah, there's a whole bunch of cause-
2: protesters there.
0: Right. And the processors are standing there and they're like, you know, don't do this. And, you know, th- we all deserve to be here and stuff. And they're just going to drop it on them. So this is, again, very political um, oh, yeah. based off of real stuff that's happened that is kind of almost a side thing to this. It, it, if it was just the story of the family trying to rescue the daughter, that would be one thing. But there's these these other things that are going on outside of it um, that kind of alter the story and bring more depth to it. And that's one of the parts.
2: And so, then, and then
1: they drop in yellow and everyone dies. A horrible, horrible, <laughs> painful looking death.
0: A lot of people do get really sick, but not everybody. Yes. Start- the
2: family all arrives in time and they all do their part to kill the monster.
0: Yes. But, but what? well, they arrive in time, but what happens is that the daughter who was there that they were trying to rescue sacrificed herself protecting the little boy. Right. So. The father sees the creature, sees his daughter in the maw, realizes that she could still be alive, is chasing it. And the whole the the, the aunt and uncle are with him, and they all try to chase it and take the thing down. But when it releases uh, the two, when he grabs the two bodies out of the mouth, essentially, uh, she's she's perished. She's no longer alive. So they because of all, all the things that got in their way, they weren't able to actually rescue her. But because of her, the little boy actually. Yeah. And then everyone oh.
1: cries out their mouth red. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I know, Nicole, I
1: mean, you have a ton of notes on, so I, I want to make sure you get to them. But
2: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I did not say, just for the sake of getting through the, the synopsis there. Right,
1: right, right. So, let's start with your list of notes. Start at the top.
2: Okay. <laughs> All right, this is one where I really want you to bear with me, because this is the political background oh, that adds some that. depth to the movie. It's not that long. Okay, so... This is where the, uh, the protests come in and where the anti-American sentiment that you can see in the movie comes in. Um, so after the Korean War, South Korea was ruled by an authoritarian president for 20 years. He was assassinated in October of 1979. There was jockeying for power for a couple months afterward, and a military general seized power in December of that year. Pro-democracy sentiment had been building for a while with the university students and staff being the most active part of the movement, leading demonstrations. Um, and during a, a very heavy period of unrest, uh, civilian militias actually briefly took over the city of Guangzhou from government troops. Um, it was retaken by the military uh, with American approval, Um, because uh, America does have some say in what the South Korean military does. That was part of the um, agreement that divided North and South Korea. Um, So uh, the pro-democracy movement had to go underground for a while. It had a resurgence in 1986 with massive rallies and demands that the U.S. drop its support of the ruling military regime. Popular sentiment grew, um, when the government was using started using repressive tactics and that culminated in a million person peace parade, um, a few days later, the government agreed to adopt a direct presidential election system and um, then in nineteen ninety seven and one of the opposition candidates was elected for the first time, so there are still about 28,500 U.S. troops stationed in South Korea in various bases across the country, uh, meant to act as a deterrent to the north, mainly. Um, and Camp Coiner is part of Yongsan base, and that's where the U.S. serviceman Donald is stationed. Um, and there, that's, Seoul itself is only 35 miles from the DMZ border with North Korea. So that's why there's such a sizable U.S. Uh, US presence in the city. So that's that's some of the back. That's a really short version of some of the background of why there's this resentment against Americans. I mean, there's a lot of embracing of American culture in South Korea. That's you know, part of the, it's it's a big part of the pop culture mm-hmm. um, and vice versa. You know, K, K-pop is growing in influence over here. Yeah, I know I, I've watched many a K-drama on Netflix. Uh, they're becoming more and more widely available. Um, so, I mean, there's 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 some resentment, there's some embracing. It's, it's mixed feelings, and especially because they don't want to piss off China, which is their biggest trading partner. Mm-hmm. We're their second biggest trading partner. So uh, that's the background. <laughs> huh.
0: Yeah, there's there's definitely some. Well, there's one particular person who's written multiple posts, who's Basically, trying to paint this movie as a propaganda film and everything, and I mean, isn't everything sort of propaganda in a way? It's it's all in trying to tell you a story. It's going to pull on people's experiences, and even if they're fictionalized, they relate to something. Um, and
2: but it helps explain I, the uncle's background, Namiel's background. He was probably a student protester and demonstrator.
0: Yeah, but I didn't feel like this was in any way like I guess the two main sort of villainous people that we see in this. I'd turn out to actually be americans at uh, one of them yeah. was the the first doctor is telling him to pour the formaldehyde down and the other one is the doctor who's willing to do the lobotomy uh even though he doesn't actually believe that there's a virus but it's not like i'm not
2: sure it's a lobotomy it is brain surgery of some kind
0: yeah it, it's kind of hard to tell and he, he seems to recover from it pretty well but uh they they uh there are other people there are korean people in that that are also complicit there's the friend who turns the uncle in to everybody else who are all trying to capture him for the reward uh there's the doctor who's working with the doctor who's going to perform the surgery yeah th- who he's being told this stuff and he shows no resistance about it uh even the person whose boss is telling him to be in the to form pour the formaldehyde down the, t- the drain is like well i don't think we should do this well do it or you know your job's online Okay, then I'll just do it. It doesn't matter that this is the drinking water for all of these people in the area um, I don't I don't feel like this was anti-American as as much as it definitely could have been it brings some of the right. things about that, but they're all things that are quoted from stuff that actually happened
2: right uh, and there's some mitigation of it with the you know the American serviceman who tries to help fight the monster
0: exactly you know and and dies because well, frankly because his own doctors decide to. Push him through surgeries and stuff that he probably didn't need uh, right. instead of trying to save his life after the injuries. Yep. So, but a lot uh, of a lot of what's holding the family back from rescuing the daughter is their own government. It's their own police force. Uh, it has nothing to do with Americans at all. So.
2: Right. It has to do with mismanagement and corruption. You know, which I think we can
0: all relate to. <laughs>
2: It's entirely possible, you know, and I mean, there's this there's this really nice humorous touch when they've got all the um, people who were in the the first monster attack at the beach uh, rounded up at a school. And this man in a yellow biohazard suit from the government, you know, disease control, just trying to make a grand entrance and is swaggering in it and just slips and falls right on his ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's trying to dodge having to explain things himself by turning on the news, but the news isn't on at that time of day. So, you know, it's it's definitely poking fun at the South Korean government as well. Um, so there's, you know, there's a political symbolism in here. There's other messages um, that you might miss. I, I certainly would have missed the, um, you know, the sort of student revolutionary symbolism if I hadn't gone and looked it up.
0: So, yeah. And the other thing, to keep in mind, is that even with all of that, this film was hugely successful. Oh uh, yeah, it was the
2: number one There's, movie in South Korea for a long, like six or seven years.
0: Yeah, it made the oh, most wow. out of any of the films that they'd made at that point in time for a yeah for a good long time, um, and has gotten very good scores in other places. Uh, Metacritic has rated very high, eighty-five out of a hundred. It, it did incredibly well for such a strange quirky little (laughs) horror film about a as matt would say a vagina-faced fish (laughs) it's really hard to look at it and not think just
2: i don't know i was kind of able to think of it as not (laughs) vagina-faced i
0: I really i mean
2: it's sort of a cross between like a lung fish and an eel a little bit and it's got these sort of surplus limbs that flap around when it but when you look at it
1: head on and its mouth is open
0: I don't. Uh, I don't know. So I bad. mean, I don't want to say anything about. No, your I don't past know who you've been with, Matt. It's like, yeah, but... that's <laughs> pretty cool they're right terrifying.
1: They are terrifying um, to look at.
0: Especially when they when they sprout little gnarly, half-effective back legs and come crawling at you. <laughs>
1: it's never, it's never happened to you. It happens to me all the time.
0: <laughs> you are in Wisconsin. Uh, wow. <sighs> no, I mean, and the the thing is, the design of the creature. It, because of the fact that it, it has kind of ineffectual legs, it feels realistic. It feels like... I mean, they could have gone super big. They could have done all these things to make it feel like more of a giant monster movie, and they didn't. They did something that felt kind of like, yeah, the the mutations and stuff that are happening because of the poison that we put in the water stream here, and they, they give a timeline of it wasn't just like it was overnight or anything. It it makes it feel a little bit more believable. It It, it feels right. like... This is possible, and this creature could—I mean, barring the ridiculous—it seems like that. Yeah, that's probably what something like that would wind up being like or looking like. Uh, it slithers more than it—it it runs because its legs aren't meant for walking on Earth. It's meant for being in, in water, water or underground. Yeah. Mm. So but when it barrels at you, it, it takes you right out, no matter how. Yeah. But, I mean, this or- is.
2: This is one of the reasons I wanted to watch this movie. Number one, because I think it's tremendously well made and I love it and it's funny and it's active. But the biggest thing that I thought would hook you, Matt, in particular, because I know you're not big on subtitles, is that the monster sequence starts only about 13 minutes into the movie and you see it in broad daylight Mm -hmm. and the attack goes on for seven full minutes and it's a crazy attack and there's all these awesome moments in it.
0: It's the exact opposite of Cloverfield. Yes. Right. (laughs) Which I hated that.
2: You know, there are all these great little moments. There's a woman cleaning her nails and as she, you know, with everybody running past her and she's got her headphones on so she doesn't notice. And like, just as she turns her head to look, the monster grabs her by the face and runs off with her. Um, And the monster chases people into a trailer that's locked at the other end.
1: That was intense.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. and so, you know, the servicemen and Gangdu use a, si- a sign to attack the monster. And it's, you know, like a regular sign on one end and a big, you know, concrete counterweight on the other end. And the sign, which I assume means no playing music, is looks like it could be interpreted as no playing the flugelhorn. You know, because it's just <laughs> yeah. this, it's this horn with the circle and the slash through it. so it's and, just- and
0: that's Gangdu's chosen weapon at the end of the movie when... They was actually beat the monster. Mm-hmm. It was right. but he he planned, he thought ahead. Like the first time it was all about desperation, and he kept kind of chickening out from it and and only doing halfway effective attacks to because he wasn't sure what to do. By the time the yeah, end he builds up enough and he's got so much rage that he focuses and he utilizes it correctly. That that's what each yeah. of the characters it, it's a growth of the characters uh in the film. There are characters that we lose along the way. Uh but the characters that are still there, we see them we see them grow from where they started to to where they need to be at the end.
2: Oh yeah, it, it comes full circle with each of them. Um you
0: it's know, a each
2: journey. each of the children of Hibong makes a reversal of their previous mistakes, you know. Gangdu who accidentally lets go of his own daughter's hand and grabs a different girl at the beginning when they're running from the monster. Uh, in this case, he keeps a hold of his daughter's hand and pulls her out of the mouth of the monster. Granted, it's too late, but, you know, he, he does what would have rescued her if they'd been able to get her earlier. Um, Namil, the uncle who was a drunk, uses alcohol as a weapon against the monster. Um, and fights Nam-joo, in a way that he
0: would in protests.
2: Right, and Namju doesn't hesitate with her shot when she's got that fiery wad on the end of her arrow and she just... <laughs> takes it and sets that thing alight, and then gung finds another sign uh, to finish the monster off with. Uh, and it turns out that sign says, Protect Environment on it. So, um, but yeah, it all it all comes around full circle. Um, what did you think of the way the monster moves under the bridge? What do you mean? Like the, okay. the locomotion, the head over tail over head over tail.
1: That's, okay, that's what I thought. Um, it was really unique. You know, it's not something you've ever really seen before, which I thought was really cool. I liked the way that every time it's you like see... It's like an upside-down slinky. Yeah, every time you <laughs> see it, like, hook under the bridge and then flop into the water, like, they show mm-hmm. the entire thing. It's not like you just kind of catch a glimpse of it. They show the entire action. Right. And I did right. really like that, because, and like Courtney said, <clears throat> I don't like, like, in Cloverfield, where it's like, you catch a little glimpse. Like, right.
0: I want to see this. Like, you see half yeah, a leg. Leg. yeah wasn't hiding what the movie was about it it's like we're we're not making you we're not trying to subvert the monster movie it's like this is a monster movie and you're going to see the monster you're going to see the effects of the monster and you're going to see people fighting the monster and yeah. i think that that's we we try to outthink our filmmaking sometime uh in in hollywood today it's like oh yeah i'm gonna do this but i'm gonna i'm gonna distract you over here from what this is actually happening and and it's like there's there was a time for that, but I think that we've moved past it, and sometimes it's just cooler to see the fucking monster.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, I'm, you know, it's it's funny. Apparently, they I thought that was incredibly cool, how the monster moves under the bridge. Um, and it turns out that the director, Bong Jun ho realized that because of the architecture of the underside of the bridge, that the monster would basically have to move like that in order to navigate the, the strut work underneath so they he one led to the other rather than just saying okay make this thing work with where it's going so yeah i I thought so definitely um oh gosh let's see what else in my notes so um oh the um i mean there are a lot of there are a lot of moments that stand out in this movie to me but there you know there's some really brilliant bits um you know, like, when Hyunseo manages to call her dad with the last of her battery and let him know that she's alive and she's down in the sewer, um, you know, Gundu is terrible at explaining it. And so he pantomimes it and he holds up the phone and he's like, this is Hyunseo, I'm the monster. And he puts the phone in his mouth and then gently drops it into a wastebasket and holds up the wastebasket. He's like, this is the sewer. And they don't get it. Because if, you know, if you don't know what it's connected to he sounds like a complete lunatic it's like okay so your phone is insane, and you're the monster and that's the sewer okay see ya you know we'll we'll talk to you in several hours once the volume is kicked in kind of thing
0: yeah i mean um, it, it was really just, they were just predetermined to not listen to him you know? yes and, and it didn't matter to them if there were people that were survived out there it was we're keeping everything clear of this and and I think some of that probably could have been explored as to why it's so important to keep people away from it. Uh, is it because they're going to discover why this happened in the first place, that uh, that they have just allowed people to pollute the area? It, it, there's so many different things as to like the reasoning, the government isn't really explored, but it does make a certain degree of sense. And it fits perfectly in a conspiracy theorist point of view which is everybody in this feels like the government is working against them. Right, That's why they all uh, try to rise up against him at the end with the agent yellow. Yes.
2: Yeah. And the family has to make like that screw like screwball comedy escape from the hospital essentially.
0: Yeah, they go and they run to the van and I, someone actually posted this on I don't know if it was about this part in particular, but when they go and they jump the van, I was thinking of little miss sunshine. It oh, just, I haven't seen like, it. oh man. I mean it's it's basically it's this whole family with this little girl and they're driving around the country in this van, uh, going to, um, sort of like talent beauty pageant things for the girl. But it's like, if, if the girl had been with him in this, that's exactly what it would have been. It was just so evocative that moment. I'm like if this turns into they're driving in the van and they go and they find her and everything, and they're trying to go around and, and keep away from the monster. That would have been terrific. Um, but it, yeah, it was like, and the, and the grandfather like gave all of his savings, all of his money essentially to, to, get them what they needed to rescue the little girl. But they still, they had no plan.
2: Guns and the sewer maps and the getaway vehicle.
0: And then they had to con their way in through the place. And, you know, he gave the money that was saved up in the bucket for the cell phone that the father was saving up for. He gave that last bit away to the guy to bribe
2: that last guard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, you really felt for them because, even with all the silliness and everything, it the 100% authenticity of we're trying to rescue her. You know, this is this is our little girl, and we're doing everything we can. You know, putting ourselves in danger, uh, putting our livelihood and everything else on the line to f- find her and protect her. You know, it doesn't matter if people are coming after us. It doesn't matter if we're probably going to get killed. It, this is the most important thing to us, and that that's a really heartfelt message uh, in the middle of you know what is a somewhat silly monster movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things I love about this movie is you really actually come to care about this family and what they're going through and how much, you know, as, as much as it's a pack of screw-ups, basically, how much they love this kid and that they do anything for her and that they're willing to go through all this. And, I mean, there's this incredibly sweet, kind of surreal moment. You know, they've been looking through the sewers all day they're going through like one at a time each of the sewer stations to try to find her and they finally go back to the trailer for dinner and to rest and hyunseo shows up in the background and it you know it's i think it's something that they're all imagining or sort of wishing were true and, and what that's she's imagining
0: why... too is she's trapped and she's got no food and she's thinking about like maybe
2: maybe I, th- I always thought of it as from their point of view though that they're imagining she's with them and each of them feeds her something. Yeah. Um and it's just this it's this strangely touching thing because it's just such a fundamental thing to to feed someone, not necessarily just, you know, feed them by hand, but to provide food for someone, to provide this fundamental thing and it's a lot of it's a way that a lot of families show love is by cooking Threat for each other, you know, detected. family meals together. Um, kind also, of also, it's our
0: first moment of seeing the family united when they're not arguing or or fighting something. It's the first moment we see as the whole family in a normal moment, uh, um, right. with that meal and what it could be like, and maybe not even what it had been like up until that point because they had all been they they argue with each other. You know, some of them are seen as disappointments that are all kind of seen as disappointments to each other mm-hmm. in one way or another. And this is a moment of, like, we're all just united together on this thing. And and that was... You're right. It's a very precious moment.
2: And it's the last time you see them all together. Threat yeah. has been detected. So, but, you know, that's that was something uh, to, that I really that I really liked about it.
0: Um, and it, it sort of comes together a little bit at the end because that's the last scene that we see in the movie is um with the rescued little boy uh that Gangdu has basically taken him himself and he's taken over the shop uh, even though there's nobody there it's the middle of winter and there's snow everywhere but he's still sitting there running the shop and then he wakes them up so they can eat together and they're trying to decide what to watch and in the background is the news and they're talking about what happened and all the different things and it's like here's our information that we can kind of download and find out what else went on or how things tied up and everything. And they're just like, let's turn the TV off so we can enjoy the meal more. Right. Uh, Because that's the important thing.
2: Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's a callback too of when Hyunseo and Seiju, the little boy are down in the sewer and she's making the rope out of clothes. And she tells him that she, you know, that her family owns a food stand. He immediately says, I want to live there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he ends up living there, you know? So it's, there's a lot of back and forth in there. Um, so let me see what else. Thank you for bearing with me. I've got a well, lot of notes. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. So um, the oh, there's that, um, the rope that she makes ends up too short. So they have to hide and there's this wonderful, horrific, moment when the creature comes back and just horks up all the bones of the previous victims. Yeah. And it's like a oh
1: yeah. Shit, I forgot like, about that part. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like an owl, you know, regurgitating pellets with the mouse bones yeah. in it. And so it just it makes room so that it can then eat all the other victims that it had been saving in the bottom of and the I, pit.
0: I go right to the uh the bat looking guys in Beastmaster that like pull up the skin <laughs> and wrap around. Um yeah that ugh. Uh, and that was kind of thing, too, because she had been dropped down there and there were all these other people that were dropped down there. But she was the only one who had survived from the from what we'd seen for a while uh, right. until Siju shows up. But it, it so it's basically it's like gathering them and then going to feed on them later. So it's, yeah. it's nest, uh which is very natural. Makes sense. But it's creepy. <laughs> oh, well, absolutely. Because mm. it, it's nesting eating us. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's always a real wake-up call when you're suddenly lower on the food chain than where you've been.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. When there's skulls bouncing around on the floor that it's... And it's really an insane number of bones. I don't think they could actually fit that much inside the creature. it's It seems like the volume is too high.
0: I don't know. After Thanksgiving, man, I feel like <laughs> I've expanded. Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
2: but you know there's this there's this <laughs> there's a great moment like after she makes the rope and she's preparing to make her final attempt to escape um you know she tells CJ I'll bring doctors 911 the police the military I'll bring them all and I'm like boy that sounds really familiar and there's a part in cabin in the woods where Chris Hemsworth's character is about to make his final jump on the bike to try to get help and he says you know i'm coming back with cops and choppers and large fucking guns and those things are going to pay and just like that it's you know it's it's just as futile as hers like she makes this fantastic jump bouncing off the back of the creature so she can reach the rope and it catches her with its tail and puts her down incredibly gently and there's just (laughs) there's something so uh It's like it's almost more frightening that it doesn't just grab her and slam her against the wall, that it picks her up and just with utmost gentleness sets her back down on the floor.
0: It's one of those moments where we realize that the creature is intelligent. It's not just a yeah. force of nature. It actually can think about things. It, it, it had the the same kind of look of my cat when I'm sitting there and my cat's half asleep, but it's got its eyes open, still looking at me. And it's, just, it's wagging its tail just a little bit like, I'm aware of your presence. And if I have to, I will take you out. Um, wow. That That's essentially what this is. This thing, it lured her into feeling safe. You know, she came out of the hole that it couldn't get her out of. Right to, to try to escape. And she knew that she had to run up onto it to to make it. And she makes the jump and she feels like this victorious moment. And then just the slow realization of she's been grabbed and it's putting her down. And it's like, yeah, I'm setting you down now. And I'm going to give you one more chance to think that you can get out. OK, uh, with the running back towards a hole. And and then as soon as she made her go for it, it was like honor. And that yeah. was it. That was her last moment that that was that was probably the most terrifying moment of the film.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just so that's, that's most of what I have for notes. I mean, the only other things that I really wanted to talk about were the, the effects and, um, the performance, particularly of, um, the actor who plays Gangdu is named Song Kang-ho and he is a huge star in Korea. Um, so I'm, I, I've tried to think of a Western equivalent and there really isn't one. Um, so the closest I could think of is like maybe like Jeff Bridges kind of thing in terms of his facility for doing comedy or drama. Um, and he used to be seen as, you know, really handsome. And now he's aging into more of a character sort of face. Um, and he's just, I, I find him to be a remarkable Actor. Um he's in a lot of Bang Jun Ho's movies. He was in Park Chun-wook's movie Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, which is part of the trilogy that includes Old Boy. Um mm-hmm. he was in Snowpiercer a couple of years yeah,
0: ago. I think I think three of them were and in And so Snowpiercer. was
2: the girl. Yeah. Koa Sung is plays the girl, Hyunseo, and uh, she played his daughter in Snowpiercer as well. Um and I just think he's he can do so much with just like the tiniest tilt of his head. I think he can he really conveys a lot
0: well, he's it's kind of like Jackie Chan when Jackie Chan started to get popular in America, we didn't realize like he was the giant star, oh yeah, back where he was from and and did not just action movies, like all the stuff that we knew him from action movies and stuff, but him and a lot of the other ones who came over here being action stars were doing romantic films, they were doing comedies, they were doing all these different kinds of things. Right,
2: melodramas. Um, yeah, yeah, it was like
0: unheard of. It was like the romantic comedy starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, which Matt would lap up like a saucer of milk in the corner, but <sighs> is not something that would ever really work here.
2: What you didn't like Junior? Did
0: Nobody liked Junior.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, mm-hmm. what did you think of the creature effect? So that was done by like a combination of five different effects houses. Uh, but the creature itself was designed in What a Workshop by a Korean designer, um, Jung hae Chul was the designed like the created a a maquette at What a Workshop that they based that they used as a template.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, for being a 2006 film, I think it holds up really well.
1: Matt? Not even that. I mean, I, there there weren't a lot of times where you, it was like blatant seed which isn't saying a whole lot for a giant mutant fish. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you, I mean, obviously, I'm not dumb. I knew it was fake, but it didn't like look shitty the entire time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So No, I
2: thought it was really well integrated with the background.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they did it a did really it. good job with it for
0: what yeah, it was. I mean, it of the, doesn't some take of place in front of a green ups. screen.
2: Right. Some of the super close-ups were puppet. Yeah. Um, like that close-up of the eyeball when she's trying to figure out if it's sleeping or not. That's mm-hmm. a... That's something they built,
0: and that wow. adds to the the feeling of realism about it,
1: right? Which is really nice because that shows you that they didn't just bank on, "Oh, we'll just we'll just computer gen," you know. Every time that they interacted,
2: right? Yeah,
0: and and using areas and stuff that were legitimate places, like utilizing the sewers, utilizing that beach, it felt more real. It felt more grounded than like all of the the Star Wars prequels, where it's just like, "Here's fake person in front of." fake background on green screen Mm. and a couple of people talking to heads on sticks.
2: Yeah. So I was just really happy with that. You know, they, they really go for the detail, like it pushing over the trailer really looks like it's utilizing its strength. You can see its feet digging into the ground. You know, I just think they carry that off so well. The only thing that I think doesn't hold up and doesn't look good is when it gets set on fire.
0: Right. And you can really tell
2: that that's sort of an overlay.
0: That's where I felt like the, the, the time, the the 10 years later of effects, maybe has we've, we have we would have done better with that portion of it. But just like what you had said earlier, the amount of thought process into making it move the way that it did and, and making the creature what it was because of, like, well, we wanted to do this, we wanted to be here, what kind of creature would do that and how would it move and what does it need, what kind of mandibles and stuff would it have? That, I think, that adds to it. It's not like we just want to make something that looks cool or we want to make something look scary. It's like, why would it look like this? Why would it be this? You know, the, right, let's create the creature. Why would it be the
2: size that it is? You know, yeah. it's it's big, but it's not physically impossible, big like would not be able to move properly, sort of big. It's you know, it's moderate dinosaur size. So we know creatures like that size moved around and existed. So it's it's thinkable that that could happen. Yeah. But I don't know. Is there. Was there anything else that uh, that bothered anybody or puzzled you or there, liked n- or
1: nothing that bothered me? Like, and like when we were talking a couple days ago, or whatever, and I was like, you, you did really good by bringing Triangle, and uh, so I had really high hopes for this movie, and I didn't dislike this movie. I actually had no idea what I was in for. Um,
0: no, you thought it was a teen. Sci-fi drama.
1: <sighs> yeah, so I accidentally like I was all prepared to watch.
2: I tried to warn you it was the Korean. Oh one. no, and,
1: and that's that's what stopped me is that I went back and let's see if I could find that.
2: It was not based off the Stephanie Meyer novel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh I'm the host and there's a bunch of chicks. And then I actually went and like looked at the wiki the Wikipedia page for it and I was like, This is not the right one. <laughs> so I never watched the Stephanie Meyer movie. I okay, actually good. only watched this one, but it was like there was a period where I was like all set up to watch this one, and then went back, and found the reel.
0: Yeah, all the goodwill of Triangle would have been gone if you hadn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that?
1: Eh. I I really I did I did really like this movie. It was it was a little different than the normal stuff that we watched too. So,
2: right? I yeah, it's not happy. a it's not a straight horror movie, certainly.
1: No, no, not at all. But it was it was good. I mean, it was done in a really well. It was done very well for not being a straight horror movie.
2: Yeah, Corey, what did you think?
0: Uh, well, we'll we'll rank it. Oh, okay. Oh,
1: there's that. There's that. I guess if, you're, if your list is on, then like Cory said, we can, we can go ahead and rank it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, a- As always, we'll rank it on our uh, our little scale that we should probably revamp, getting bored with it. But we're going to do it in uh, three portions on a zero to five scale, starting out with rewatchability. Nicole is our guest. You get to go first.
2: Oh, well, um, this is my third time seeing it, so I give it a five. <laughs> Fair enough. There's just, there's so many, you know, little moments that I like in it and I like the way it hangs together and I think it's I think it's really well done.
1: So
0: Yeah. Uh, Corey, how about you? Uh, I'm going to give it a four. My wife was watching it with me at first and then she went to bed and it was around that time that it started to get like, oh, I'm, I'm starting to understand what this is now. Uh, so I'd mm-hmm. like to watch it again with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, which happened the last time when you were on, uh, we watched Triangle and then I was telling my wife about it afterwards and we immediately went and rented it on Amazon so she could watch it.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with a three. I mean, I did. I did really enjoy it. I will likely go back mm-hmm. and watch it. Um, but the subtitles kind of a ding for me because it, it can't just kind of be like something that you casually watch. Like you really have to invest in it. That's not something mm-hmm. that I do with my life ever.
0: <laughs> Although I'm I'm like that too a lot. Uh, I want to be distracted when I'm watching TV or movies most of the time because my brain just doesn't want to sit still. Yeah. But I didn't feel like I was I had to work too hard to get in what was going on or to even understand the dialogue as was happening. I think there's only one point in time where I stopped and I went, "Oh wait, what was just said?" Uh, and I looked back for it. But for the most part, I think it was pretty well done uh, on that regard. And Matt, would you? Be interested in seeing other movies from the person who made this?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's um, kind of passed the test by, like, watching one and liking it. Um, had you asked me that question before, there's no way I would. So,
2: Oh, Snowpiercer's in English, for the most part.
1: So you have never oh, even
0: heard of that. Been trying get, uh Beatmaster's been trying to get me to watch Snowpiercer for a year, mm-hmm. uh, and I keep not doing it, but it's got uh, Chris recommend. Evans and yeah. and a lot of other good people in it, and they're supposedly making a TV series based off of it right now.
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay, yeah, and the directors, there's a new movie called Okja that's coming out next year that I think is going to be English language also because it stars Tilda Swinton um, and a couple of other American-British actors. So
0: Right. I assume Tula Swinton does not speak English natively. I think she, she speaks some sort of alien <laughs> tongue.
2: Well, uh, yes, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> second or prior, her second most used language.
0: Or like I think angel it's... language. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it.
2: But I really can't recommend Snowpiercer highly enough. Matt, I really think you'd like it. I really think you would. Fine. There's like lots of blood and killing and stuff in it.
1: Oh, see, with a name like Snowpiercer, I never,
0: ever would have assumed. No, that's just
2: the name of the train they're on.
0: Oh. so. Although yeah. piercing sounds like possibly, like, whatever your description <laughs> just gave him that a six. Uh, so story <laughs> scores zero to five.
1: Nicole, you have to start. Nicole,
0: what do you think of this okay.
2: okay, um, I think if you if before I knew the political background and everything for it, I would have given it a four because there were. I was like, why is he spending so much time talking to like this old friend of his that he used to be a student with and what's going on? There's clearly some symbolism going on here that I'm not getting with some of these overhead shots and, you know, uses of big, bright colors on the floor for some reason or another. Um, So now that I know, I would I would give it like a four and a half, five.
1: You have to decide you have to pick one. Oh, I have to I pick I put it. a number down and I need you to I need to know what number specifically <laughs> put down for four and me. a half. Okay, okay. Don't want you coming back and be like, well, I really wanted to give it a five. Um Corey, how about you?
0: Uh, I'm I'm gonna go four. I, I I think that it did a great job of giving us a beginning, middle, and end of the essential story, and then giving us a lot of stuff around that to kind of enhance things, uh, with the the sort of prologue at the beginning and and some of the different stuff and characters that happened throughout it i I would have liked to have seen some of those things especially the reasoning behind the government maybe beefed up a little bit it wasn't essential to it it's just one of those things that even i go through this sometimes where it's we just want that little bit of extra spelled out for us but overall it was really solid
1: Hmm, fair enough uh i also give it a four i mean it was it was something new um, mostly based on the fact that they gave, like, a reason for the fact that there's this giant vagina fish. And it's the formaldehyde, um, which I thought was really kind of a nice touch. Uh, I'll bring us to the last category, which is our... Touching
0: s- the vagina fish. vagina fish.
1: Scariness, zero to five, Nicole.
2: Um, Like a two, I guess. I don't find it all that scary. I find it really cool to watch. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I enjoy the monster attacks too much to... To think of them as frightening for the most part, except for you know that moment where it where it grabs the girl. Um, that was the only part I really found scary. Um, but the rest of the time, I was just like, oh, but you know, especially the opening uh, monster attack, where I'm just like, that is so cool, you know. And the <laughs> shot of people running at you, and you can see the monster out of focus in the background, coming straight at them, and going like, yeah, 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 get him, get him, get him, you know, fucking get him kind of thing so yeah so uh, two
0: yeah uh Corey, how about you yeah I, i'm even gonna go three because the scene in the sewer was so dark dark and starkly terrifying in that moment and i think that that was something that they they saved they didn't try to do straight horror throughout most of this film i don't think that's what this movie was about but when they decided to scare you or when they tried to show you the actual danger that girl was in because you felt like most of the time that it was like oh maybe she's just been captured by a thing and it's like a giant pet and it just wants to take care of her or something Uh, when it goes from like I'm going to be okay to oh shit not going to be okay not going to be okay at all that stood out
1: yeah Um, I I, I also I'm going with a two because it was kind of scary but not really scary but kind of scary but not like new scary if that makes any sense to anyone besides me sometimes I just kind of live inside my own
0: a lot of room in there thanks
1: guys (laughs) The uh, the deafening silence uh, really made me self-conscious about my body. This is the part where I stop eating for a month.
0: And this is the part where you do an outro.
1: You fucking do the outro. I don't want to do the outro tonight.
0: <laughs> you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. I miss doing this. Uh, emailing <laughs> us at pot at GNcast.com or leave us a message on the website, GNcast.com. Uh, we want to hear from you. We'd like to know what your favorite part of the show is. We'd like to hear... What kind of suggestions you have for films for us, although we've been getting a lot of great ones from our guests. We still have a list that we've got uh, potentially for when it's just me and Matt, and we'd like to know what kind of horror movies scare you. Uh, What can we bring to the Podcast of Terror that you recommend? Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast of Terror, and subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcatchers. We're pretty much on all of them, and leave us feedback, whichever one you like, or all of them. And then you can find our subscription options and links at GNCast.com slash subscribe. And you can also join our Facebook page under Galactic Network. Keep going. You're not done. All right. Uh, Nicole, people want to find you. People should want to find you because you've brought us two... Excellent movie choices so far. And I think they'd like to hear you talk about other movies. So, where can they do that?
2: Well, they can find me um, on Geek Cinema Society every week, uh, which you can get through your favorite podcatcher, or you can download or stream from the Blazing Caribou Studios page, uh, which is just bla- uh, I think it's just blazingcariboustudios.com. Or you can find me on the Geek Cinema Society Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash society.
0: Do you have, uh, what is your next movie that you guys have coming up? What is your release day?
2: Uh, we usually release on Sunday or Mondays. Um, the next one being released, let's see, we just released Soylent Green. It, so it's I people, believe. You know. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> um Oh gosh. Give me, give me a minute vamp or something. Yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, Nope. I ate too much nope. turkey gravy over nope. the week. I've nope. really <laughs> released <sorely laughs> swirling Green all over the place. Uh, <laughs> and 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 remember, folks, you can also go back and listen to past episodes from their feeds that you might find oh. Matt or myself on.
2: Okay. Yes. This this week's release will be Predator.
0: Ah, oh, damn! I love that movie so much. <laughs> Which is why you didn't get to review it because they bring on somebody who's never seen it before. No. Yes. That is hard. That is hard to look at that list of all these great movies and realize that you're out of the running for getting to talk about that one. Mm -hmm. I mean, it must be nice to be the host, is what I'm saying.
2: Uh, Yeah. Although a lot of the stuff we've covered so far, we seem to be, just by dint of the scheduling of how we can get the guests booked, um, we've been front-end loading with movies that I haven't seen. But, you know, I went in and looked, and it's only about 10% of the list is stuff that I have not seen yet. So we're starting to really get into ones that i have seen before and so i'll be re-watching and seeing what i think of them now versus what i used to um so that'll be fun
0: yeah there's some that i haven't seen in years and I'd be like well it's almost like i haven't seen it but i want to <laughs> cheat uh but it's it's fun to listen and, and get that kind of uh feedback from somebody else to see what they think about it especially seeing it now uh sometimes so many years removed
2: yeah well you guys should check with brett we'd love to have you guys back either singly or together
0: we're not have
1: we're not together, but we're together. We're not like as in each other. Yeah. <laughs> we're, like, we're not like we're, 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 oh, okay. we're dating. Yeah.
0: Oh, OK. I dated myself with all the Xanadu references earlier. Uh, you can find Matt on Twitter at Matt the lifeguard. Uh, you can also listen to his new release for his band Drawn the Lifeguard, which I got to listen to on Google Play. But oh. you can find it on iTunes and other places. And I believe the CD is going to be released or has been released. Correct. Bo- You've got a box of CDs that yeah. you can get. Uh, so you can definitely check that out. Also, we uh, I, I do comics or I promote comics for my friend Levi Kraus at donesscomics.com. i uh, been publishing Spells, which is a little comic about three witches who do very devious things. And also publishing the classic Levi's World books that he did in the 90s. So check those out.
1: Yay. <laughs> I don't know how to get into ending this because normally...
0: Normally you would have done all of that. Yeah. Well, now you thank our guest.
1: Oh, yeah. Thanks, Nicole. It was fun. (laughs)
2: Thank you, guys. (laughs) I had a great time.
1: Yeah. We'll uh, we'll get you back here in uh, our usual two-ish month gestation period.
2: Sounds great. I already know which one I want to do.
0: Oh boy! God damn it! I was gonna say no pressure or anything because you've already brought us two great films that we never would have discovered on our own. But it sounds like you really you're just gonna stay consistent on that. That's, we'll find out.
2: To, I'm trying to keep a trying to keep a high bar.
1: So Very intimidating. Does she go three for three, or does she finally shit the bed? <laughs>
0: I well, I mean, we'd have to clear up all the shit that Dave Nelson drops there every time he gets us.
1: Jesus, Lord Jesus, there was a f- um, well. <laughs> Nicole, once again, thanks for coming. And uh, thanks again for listening to another podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time.
0: Hi there. This is Brett Stewart from Geek Cinema Society. Are you a film lover? Do you consider yourself a connoisseur of the silver screen? Well, Geek Cinema Society is a weekly roundtable program where each episode we touch on a film considered pivotal to geek culture. From Blade Runner to The Goonies to Mad Max, we dig into it all. Plus, our guest each week hasn't seen that week's film until the episode. Join me and my co-hosts, Nicole Davis and David Luzader, on a spectacularly fun journey that hits your podcast feed every Sunday. Available on Blazing Caribou Studios. Next Next week, we're going to be
1: starting our 2016 Christmas dish. Get it? Because it's December. It's Christmas. Sort of Christmas. And there's a dish? There's a dish. That's probably fruitcake. No? Nobody (laughs) likes (laughs) fruitcake. That's me! Corey's Corey's resident fruitcake. I'm chock full of nuts. Oh, boy. He's got two. At least two. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, we're going to be doing Christmas horror movies the entire month of December, uh, as we did last year. So we're going to start off next week. We're going to have uh, my very, very good friend um, and vocalist from my band, however we want to look at it, Nathan Forsey. Uh, we're going to be talking about 2016's Krampus. I should, there's a Krampus beer. I'll have to get that
0: i think you've talked about that i think that's why you were so interested in seeing the movie in the first place because there was a beer involved thanks dick make me sound like uh, it. Is there a horror movie called low because i think that would just set you up perfectly
1: <laughs> there isn't a horror movie named most things after i drink <laughs> thanks again for resting, listening to the podcast Terrible we'll talk to you guys next week
0: stay scary everybody
1: To another episode of the podcast it's here you can help galactic netcast pay for our web and audio hosting by supporting us on patreon by going to patreon.com slash galactic netcasts and pledge as little as dollars a month
0: this has been a galactic network podcast for more go to gncast.com that's gncast